said once for Pharaoh, he finally comes to the end of his sermon series in Exodus. If you don't have a Bible, the voice will be playing on the screen behind me. Also, in our church app, there's a sermon listening guide, and the scripture is coming on the top of that. And in Exodus chapter 4, verses 34 to 33. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud was set upon it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel were set out. But the cloud was not taken up, and they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord God's people in their wilderness wanderings from Egypt to the land of promised Canaan. This is a question they were asking. And we know it because they were grumbling and complaining during their journey 
human government. They have so many pushbacks. In fact, if you look at the map of Israel's journey through the wilderness, it is circles and pushbacks and wanderings through the wilderness. It's a mess. Thanks for the question. How do you make it through another day? And you know, this kind of winding, troubled journey. The question God's people are asking. And these last five verses of Exodus are such a fitting conclusion because they answer that question powerfully. There's a word that appears in every one of these last five verses. It is the word cloud. The word cloud. The cloud descended on the tabernacle. The cloud was a visible manifestation of the invisible God. And the cloud in these last five verses functions in four different and distinct ways to help God's people get through the wilderness. And it answers for you and I, how do we make it through another day? First, make it through another day by understanding God's desire. His desire. Verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The sense of urgency here. When you look at verse 33 to verse 34, verse 33 says, Then Moses pierced the tabernacle, and the cloud was filled. It's filled the tabernacle. There's no delay. Right, right as Moses put the last piece of furniture in place for God's home to be for his people, God descends immediately. You get the sense that God can't wait. He can't wait to come down and live with his people once his home is finished. It's happening. You see this can't wait possible. Revealed in the New Testament. When Jesus tells the parable of Tells the story of a father who has two sons. And the younger son asks for his dad's inheritance. His dad gives him the money, and his son goes off and leaves home and is an absolute mess. He spends all of his dad's money. He's to the end of his road, has nothing left. He's eating pig food, but living with pigs. He's dead. Down and out, and finally decides to go back to my father's house and fix up and walk back. Tell me who's there. That's God. How does his father respond? Here's the picture of how God responds to us. Luke 15 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and in this parable, you get the sense that the father is on the front porch. And he's looking out on the horizon, looking for his son. And at the first glimpse of his son, his desire for his son, his affection for his son, propels him to do all else and take him to the He can't wait to live with his son again. That's what we see here in Exodus 40. God can't wait to 
Ten years in the future. That's the cool thing. You are an object of God's desire. He desires to be with you. Now, the one thing that causes you to question that does not really desire to live with you. It's a sin. The sin cast out on that. And yet, what we see with Israel here, as God is he can't wait to come down and live with him in Tabernacle. What did he do? Several chapters earlier, he had just built a golden temple to worship him. They took God's gold that he had given in a thunder out of Egypt, the precious gift of God. They used it to go build a golden temple to worship the false temple. The prodigal son takes his father's money, his precious gift, and goes and spends it on false gods. And yet, that doesn't change. One thing is wrong in the study of Exodus is this. The Israel's sin, Israel's idolatry, their complaining, their grumbling, could not thwart God's plan to save them. That's because it didn't change God's desire for it. Nor does your sin change God's desire to be with you, to live with you. Thank you. 
he didn't destroy them, but to destroy the people and destroy them. And it's the cloud, that, that visible manifestation of an invisible God, that gives way in the New Testament to a person. The cloud becomes a person in John chapter 1. And the Word becomes flesh. It dwelt or tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. No longer a cloud of glory filling a tent, a tabernacle, but now a person who is the tabernacle. Filled with God's glory, dwelling among us. No longer are the people kept out or kept away from Mount Sinai and God descends on top of it. No longer is the message to Moses stay out as God's glory descends on the tabernacle. Now the message through Jesus is draw near. Not stay out, but draw near. was to cleanse the temple. The permanent tabernacle. Because the temple, which was God's dwelling place, had become a cesspool of sin and idolatry. And so he cleansed the temple and he said, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. He was speaking of his body. Because a week later, he would cleanse the cesspool of sin and idolatry in the human heart. And he did that by draining the cesspool of sin from the human heart and pouring it into himself. He became sin, going to sin. And he died and replaced so that the God of the universe, the God who created you, could come down and live you. Thank you. 
faith that makes the voice of honor special. Then after the war is over, that's the only time that all this can be completed. Everything that's happening makes sense. But that only happens at the end of the day. God's voice, in reflecting on this parable, says this, the parable of the resistance leader is an apt picture of the deliverance of faith in a false world. And then he says Evil is not a problem because God is too small, though doing his best. But because God is so great that we cannot be expected to know what he is doing. How do you make it through another day? You look at Jesus, who died, who rose, who ascended, who's at the right hand of God, you look at Jesus. And say to the Father, Father, I don't understand what you're doing right now. But I trust you're doing. I trust you're on my side. And I trust you do everything. Be grateful. And then for another day, I understand God's desire for you. His love for you. His leadership over your life. And finally, God's. Verse 38. For the cloud of the Lord was on the temple by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey. And the emphasis here is that the cloud, that visible manifestation of the invisible God, was in their midst all the time. It was the, the, the permanent reality at the center of their lives. It affected their lives. It affected their schedule. Everything orbited around this cloud that was at their center. Now, we hear that, go, that must be a Right? I mean, a, a visible, tangible cloud. You just got to call the cloud. Where's the cloud today? Yet, in life, we say this to God. 
Thank you. 